Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. It's time for Come and Talk It with your host, Michael Cargill, brought to you by Texas Law Shield. Over the last decade, Michael has championed and supported the rights of law-abiding Texans to own and use firearms. He is the owner of Central Texas Gunworks, a veteran of the United States Army, and has achieved national exposure in such prestigious media outlets such as Forbes Magazine, Fox Business News, CNN Money, AOL, BBC World News, Huffington Post, and the New York Times. Cargill vigorously defends lawful gun owners in this country without regard to party politics. And now, here's Michael Cargill. Good day, Austin, Texas, the live music capital of the world. Let's praise the Lord and pass the ammunition. All right, so starting tomorrow, starting on September 26th of 2022, the NICS, the National Instant Criminal Background Check System, uh, once you walk into a gun store anywhere in the country, anywhere in the United States, and you fill out a 4473, a firearms transaction record, then if you are delayed or denied, your information will be sent to the FBI and local law enforcement if you're delayed or denied. Now, according to ATF, I've reached out to Senator John Cornyn's office, and I've asked for clarification on this because Senator John Cornyn negotiated this along with some other pro-so-called gun groups. Okay, but I don't care. I don't care who negotiated what. My problem is, as a federal firearms license dealer, I have a problem with this. The reason I have a problem with this because the bill, what was signed into law, talks about denied. It said that if you're denied, you know, from receiving a firearm after you know getting a background check, then you're reported to the FBI and local law enforcement. That I don't have a problem with. My problem is it talks about delays. The bill does not state anything about delays. The bill only states denied. But they're requesting, and they, the ATF, is requesting federal firearms license dealers to give them information on delays. Well, any, a person can be delayed for anything. They can be delayed because that, the examiner is going on break and they're trying to get out of there. They'll delay the transaction. Uh, your name could be similar to someone else. You're delayed. There's some people in this country that get delayed every single time they walk into a gun store. It's not that they're a criminal or they should be under investigation. That is not a reason to send that information to law enforcement or to the, you know, to the FBI. And they're telling me that if a delay turns into a denial, 
then, you know, that's an issue, which I agree with. But if a, what if a delay turns into a proceed? They say they're going to delete that information. I don't trust them that they're going to delete that. When in the world have you known the government to delete anything? Shut your mouth. <laughs> they're going to keep that information. So I have a problem with this issue. I've reached out to Senator John Cornyn's office to ask for clarification on this. They're, the reasoning that the ATF is giving me on why they are requesting your information when your transaction is delayed is they're saying that, hey, if a delay turns into a denial, then they're not going to have enough time, according to the bill, to notify local law enforcement. Well, I call I call bull cocky. No, that's no, absolutely not. Here's why. I'm a federal firearms licensed dealer. You have to notify me that that delay has turned into a denial. When you notify me, you notify law enforcement. It shouldn't be the other way around. Law enforcement should not know before I know that that transaction has changed. And the way they're doing it, there's a great possibility, 99% of the time, I guarantee you what's going to happen is local law enforcement and the FBI will know that that transaction's turned into a denial before the gun store does. And that puts the gun store in jeopardy. That's a problem for me. I want to know that a customer's transactions turn into a denial. That causes a problem. That customer walks, walks back into the store is going to want no answers from me. And I'm not going to have a clue. I'm going to look like an idiot because I don't know. No one's communicated that information to me. And that's not how information should be done. I need to know as the dealer that that transaction has turned into a denial and then they can contact law enforcement and go from there. I need to know that first as the federal firearms license dealer. That's how it should be done. The bill does not request that information at all. The bill is not asking for any data whatsoever. So everyone should be upset the fact that we're having to provide information at all. The fact that I'm having to provide an address. They're telling me I have to provide an address for denies and delays. The bill does not say anything about providing data from a federal firearms license dealer. So why initially do I have to give them information for a denied? Why do I have to give them information for a delay when it doesn't ask for any information whatsoever? This I have a problem with. And for some reason, Senator John Cornyn's office will not give me answers. And I need to know, as a federal firearms license dealer, who works in the state of Texas, I want my senator to give me freaking answers. That is what I'm owed as a dealer who works, in, who works in the state of Texas for this senator. Do your job. And I'm sick and tired of your freaking employees, your assistants, not answering my questions and talking to me like I'm some idiot. Answer the question. Why is the ATF requesting information and overstepping their freaking bounds? I want to know. I'm sick of this. This needs to stop. This bill, this is going to start tomorrow on September 26th. I want, I would love for dealers around the country to not provide this information when it comes to delays. Unfortunately, I don't think we're going to be in a predicament to even do that because before we're, we're giving the information of a delayed or a denial 
we're going to have to provide them the information of what they're requesting in order to get the delay information or the denied information. So I'm not going to know. So I have to give them the information if I want to know what the results of the transaction is. This is unacceptable, people. I should not be held at bay by this government in, a, in this manner. We should be standing up and screaming about this because this is a collection of data and they're saying, hey, it's okay because if we do not, you know, if it doesn't change to a, a, denied, we're gonna, a denial, we're going to delete the information. I say they're a bunch of liars. This is Michael Cargill and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Peace, this is Maj Kure. You're listening to Come and Talk It Radio with Michael Cargill. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All right, so let me give you a little update on this bill when, into, when it went into effect, the name of the bill and all that stuff so you know what we're talking about here. We're talking about the Nick's Denial Notification Act. All right, so the Consolidated Appropriations Act of 2022 was signed into law on March 15th of 2022. Now, sections 1101 and of the act included the Nick's Denial Notification Act of 2022. The act requires the attorney general to report background check denials to state authorities and will require the FBI Criminal Justice Information Services Division, National Instant Criminal Background Check System, the Nick's section to report all FBI Nick's denied 
transactions to local law enforcement within 24 hours beginning October the 1st of 2022. Well, the NICS section plans to implement this change on September 26, 2022. Now, the, the denial notification will include the date and time of the denial, the reason of the denial, the location of the federal firearms license, and the identity of the person. The NICS denial notification will be transmitted electronically to the appropriate receiving authorities within each state based on the city, state, county, and zip code combination of the FFL location and the city, state, county, and if different, the zip code combination of the attempted transferee's home address. If at any time the original denial is changed to a proceed, an updated notification to those agencies originally notified will be required. The next section is requiring diligently uh, on developing the tools to make this notification as seamlessly as possible. To make the necessary notifications, all FFL dealers, that's Federal Farms Licensed Dealers, will be required to provide the buyer's complete address as recorded on the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Farms Explosive Form 4473 for FFLs who initiate a check by contacting the NICS Contracted Call Center. The address will be required if the customer receives a delay or denial status. The information will be required before the status is provided by the NCCC. For FFLs that initiate the check through the NICS e-check, the address will require if the customer receives a delay or denied response. Now, the response will not be retrievable until the information is provided. Once the system is updated to allow for the capturing of this information, an additional notification will provide it. In addition, if the transfer occurs at a qualifying gun show, Future programming may allow for full address of the gun show location to be entered also. So this only talks about, you know, the bill actually only talks about denies. The bill doesn't talk about delays, but the ATF brings in the delays. They're extending it to the delays so they can get that data collection. And you're supposed to believe that they're going to delete that information if it's not going to be used. Now, I've sent in, I've contacted Senator John Corner's office on multiple occasions over the last 30 days. I've contacted his office to express my concerns about this bill and how it's being implemented by the Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms Agency. I've said, look, I have concerns about this. I feel that the ATF is overstepping their bounds. They're, re they're retrieving information way more so than what the bill states that they should retrieve. And so this is what I said to Senator John Cornyn's staff. I said, uh, well, first of all, let's go back a little bit because I, I contacted them several times. They didn't re reply to me. I contacted, contacted them. They didn't reply to me. I contacted them again. They didn't reply to me. I contacted, I contacted, you know, like a madman. I need you to reply to this. Okay. So finally, I got a response from their office. And they told me that I hope you're having a day your day is off to a great start. My day is always off to a freaking great start. Just answer my question. So they said, I connected, I connected with my colleagues in D.C. And the reason I asked if you were part of the Firearm Industry Trade Association, because they asked me if I was part of the NSSF, okay, is because I wanted to let you know that they were okay with the Nick's Denial Notification Act and how it was written. In fact, they cleared the language for the bill. 
as a member, you should know you're well represented by them and they would have, you know, folks with whom to connect in your industry to discuss the specific item further. They're located in Newtown, Connecticut, blah, blah, blah. As we chatted about yesterday, nothing in the text of the bill attached covers the items you're, requir you're inquiring about. With that being said, I would also encourage you to reach out to the ATF, the phone letter, and they give me the number of the ATF. Okay. I don't have a problem with the way the bills were written. The bills talks about denied. No one has a problem with someone being denied who walks into a gun store, try to purchase a gun, and you're denied. Don't have a problem with that. My problem is they're asking the information for the delays. How hard is that for you to freaking understand? Delays, not denied. Don't care about denied. Everyone agrees that a person denied, they shouldn't get a freaking gun. What I'm asking about is the delays. Delays, 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 delays. I wish I could tattoo that on someone's three-point of contact. I'm asking about delays, not denials. So, I respond by saying that thanks for getting back to me. As you are aware, the next Denied Notification Act goes into effect via the ATF on Monday, September 26. Per the attached email, as all FFL dealers must provide address information for denied notifications and delayed ones. According to the bill, it only requires information for denied. All written instructions from the ATF require delayed and denied transaction information. If I have to provide the ATF with the information once a person is delayed, local law enforcement will be notified of the denial before I will. What should happen is once the delay status has changed to a denial, then ATF contacts me to inform me of the denial and I provide them with the address they are requesting. I'm asking Senator John Cornyn's office to inquire why we are being asked to provide information for delayed, which means police could be standing at the door of a person and that person could be notified of an investigation without the gun store's knowledge, which puts our safety at risk. That's my problem. That's all I'm asking. Very simple. It's not complicated. We're talking delays. We're not talking denials. And they refuse to answer my email. They refuse to answer my question. And the one thing about me, you got to understand me. Michael Cargill sticks to the point. I repeat myself over and over and over again. This is what I'm asking. Answer this question. Do not answer the question that I'm not asking for. I'm not asking about denies. Don't give a fine foot about denies. I care about delays. Answer that question. I want someone from Gen Senator John Cornyn's office to contact me and give me the information I'm asking for. I want a congressional inquiry into the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms of why they're asking for den delayed information. That's what I need. <sighs> Now, the last part of that is, just so you know, moving forward, um, out-of-state age restrictions. That also is going to start on September 26th. So Monday, September 26th, federal firearms licensees will experience two new features of the FBI NICS transaction process. One change is the result of a recommendation from the United States Office of the Inspector General 
and helps to raise awareness with FFLs when handling a check for a person who resides out of the state and may be subject to restrictions due to their age. The second change is tied to the passage of the Nix Denial Notification Act of 2022. Out-of-state restrictions. Here's how it reads. Upon initiating a NICS background check for processing, uh, upon initiating a NICS background check for persons residing outside of their state and who fall under the age of 21, a FFL will hear or be prompted with the following message and acknowledgement request. It is the responsibility of the Federal Farms licensee to verify that the individual meets the basic age requirement in the state of residence and state of purchase pursuant to Title 18, United States Code, Section 922. This is an out-of-state purchase. The age of the individual indicates that they meet the federal basic age requirement to purchase the type of firearm selected, but state law may be more restrictive. Ensure that this individual meets the basic age and any other purchase requirements for the state of purchase and state of residence. Do you wish to continue? Don't have a problem with that. And, the firm, and, and it goes on to say that an affirmative response allows their transaction to continue and a NICS transaction number, an NTN, is created. If a negative response received, an NTN will not be created. This will allow FFLs time to conduct an additional review or research relevant uh, to their prospective purchaser, and the transaction may be reinitiated whenever the FFL is ready to do so. Don't have a problem with any of that at all. One thing about me is I read this stuff over and over again. I contact multiple attorneys. When I, when, before I make a decision to do something, I usually contact at least one, as many as three attorneys, three law firms, before I decide on doing anything. I have a serious problem with this data collection that is done by our government right now, the federal government, on overstepping their bounds on what the actual bill actually says. I don't know of the government ever re-deleting re anything. I don't think they're going to delete anything now. This is a data collection. This is a fishing expedition, and it needs to stop. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talking. Hi, this is Stephen Wolfer, the Barefoot Defender. I get my global gun news from Michael Cargill at Come and Talking. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got 
you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, (laughs) nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now, here's Michael Cargill. All right, so we're back. And, we, man, we got some other stories we got to cover. Uh, let me go through the comments section here real quick. Good morning, Mike and Zach. What's up, Thomas? How you doing, Thomas? Uh, morning. It's not morning. It's afternoon, Thomas. It's definitely afternoon. I don't know. You, maybe you work the night schedule, bro. <laughs> oh, all right. Yeah, exactly. This means that... You, you, Thomas says it's time to get your LTC. That is correct. You know, if you're tired of being, all this stuff here is pinging you. You're getting ping. Your information, your data is being collected in their system. Let, let me let me tell you what the score is, people. Here's the score. If you walk into a gun store in a state that borders a foreign country, like Mexico or Canada, or born, you know, that borders any foreign country, your information is going to be reported to the FBI if you purchase two handguns in more than a five-day period or two rifles or shotguns in more than a five-day period. Now, I can tell you this on the radio show. I can't tell you this when you walk into the gun store. I don't want to be charged with obstruction justice, so I can't tell you that in the gun store. But here on the radio show, I'm here to tell you. You walk into a gun store in Texas, and if you buy, that is, two handguns in a five-day period or two rifles or shotguns in a five-day period, that that transaction is reported to law enforcement. It's reported to the FBI. Now, me as a 07 type license, I have a manufacturer's license, I don't have to report the rifle sales at all. I only report the handgun sales. Now, you're asking me, okay, Michael, okay, what about if I buy two strict law receivers? It doesn't count. Okay, what if I buy two complete law receivers, Michael? It doesn't count. What if I buy a handgun and a long gun, Michael? It doesn't count. But if you buy two handguns or two rifles in a five-day period, that transaction is reported to the law enforcement, reported to the FBI. And what's going to happen is the, the dealer, there's a form that we have to fill out. And in our case, honestly, that form is sent in so quick, it's probably sent in as fast before you walk out the door. Okay, It's emailed to them. It's emailed to your local law enforcement, the chief law enforcement officer in the county that you live in, so, like, for example, 
If you live in Austin, Texas, it's sent into the Travis County Sheriff's Department. All right. If whatever you know, county city you live in is sent into the chief law enforcement officer in that area. And also the FBI. Your information is sent into them. Go ahead, Zach. What you got? Oh, I'm just listening. Oh, I thought you had a question. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm frustrated today, Zach. I'm frustrated. You're uh, quite perturbed, aren't you? Yes. I, I'm really upset by this. Your blood is boiling. I can it, see it over there. It really is. You know, I, I have a problem with all this stuff. I see the steam coming out of your ears when you're talking. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you're you're getting pinged. You're not going to get, you know, you, you won't get pinged. You're less likely to get pinged if you have a license to carry handgun. You get a concealed handgun license or a license to carry handgun in the state that you live in. When you walk into that gun store, you know, check with the dealer. Make sure that they're not, you know, they're going to take your, your handgun license as your background check and not contact, you know, uh, FBI to run a background check on you. In Texas, we can verify that your license to carry handgun is valid. There's a system that's set up that DPS, Texas Department of Public Safety, has set up. We can verify that you have a valid license to carry a handgun. So we verify that, and we don't have to run your background check. So you're not getting pinged in the system. So starting September 26, what I would do is I would have a license to carry handgun before walking to the gun store. And because your credit card companies are pinging you also, I would pay cash or write a check. Use Bitcoin, Litecoin, Ethereum, cryptocurrency. So when an LTC holder comes in and gets a transfer or purchases a firearm, then they don't get pinged. That is as long and as long as you use cash, you don't have to worry about the credit card system because now credit card companies are putting a special code on mm -hmm. those transactions that are coming from a gun store, um, which I haven't responded to any credit card companies at all, and I'm not going to respond to them. You know, we're, I'm not going to respond to them asking for me to fill out any forms changing my status. So I'm not I haven't done that yet. Once I do that, I'll let you know. Okay. As of today, I haven't con I haven't responded. They've requested information. They requested me sign some documents saying that I'm going to do X, Y and Z, you know, and I'm like, eh, no. So and we're in the process of changing our business name, the name that we just do business as as far as the financial institutions. So I'm changing that name as well. So I'll play the little game. So we're going to take gun out of our name. Now, the building is going to say Central Texas Gun Works. That's always going to say the same thing. But it, when it comes to filling out paperwork and things of that nature, we're changing that name. Welcome to CTGW. That's right, CTGW. <laughs> Bunch of letters. CTGW.net. <laughs> okay, so with an LTC, uh, you don't ping the background check, right? Don't ping. The, with the LTC, don't, no pinging. You so pay cash, you, write check. But you do... Ping some kind of uh, database that shows that they have a valid LTC, right? And the state of Texas has a law in place that you're you're not allowed to inform anyone that someone has a license to carry handgun. We have a strict law about that in Texas. So, so you can't tell anyone. That's right. So you're not supposed to tell anyone that any you, law enforcement cannot get that information out. Law enforcement cannot get that information. So when someone gets pulled over with an LTC, they can't know that you have an LTC? They have to inform law enforcement, but law enforcement can't tell anyone else outside of law enforcement. Oh, okay. That's what I'm saying. So in Texas, we protect that information. That makes sense? I mean, LTC holders are the least crime-committing subset of the population, no matter how you slice it. Oh, absolutely. 
and even less uh the LTC holders commit less crimes than police officers do. Absolutely. And what's funny is, man, ever since, you know, and I hate to bring this up, but ever since constitutional carry, you do know that unlawfully carrying a weapon convictions have gone up drastically, more than doubled. Like carrying in places that they shouldn't have? Tripled. Quadrupled. Quintupled. Unlawfully carrying a handgun, <laughs> unlawfully carrying a weapon convictions have quadrupled. In the state of Texas. Like so, where, for example, carrying into a bar or? I'll tell you what, we'll do this. So I'm going to look at um, 2020. Um, let me see if I can talk you, to, talk you into doing this, Casey. So we're going to go to the TX, uh, Texas Department of Public Safety's main website, their main page. You can do this for our viewers online. And let me know when you're at their main page there. All right. And then up top, it says regulatory services. We're going to click that. And then you're going to scroll down a little bit. It says handgun licensing. You're going to click that. We're going to scroll down a little bit and go down to where it says reports and statistics. We're going to click that. All right. And then we're going to click on conviction rates. Going to click that. And then let's click on 2020 conviction rates report. And when that port comes up, we're going to scroll all the way down, go all the way down to it where it says um, unlawfully carrying weapon. There, and it should say 1,049. So in 2020, the year 2020, there are 1,049 convictions on unlawfully carrying a weapon in the state of Texas for the year of 2020. That's convictions. Now let's go back. Let's go back and let's select 2021 conviction rates. On 2021, we're going to scroll down all the way down to where it says unlawfully carrying a weapon. And we're going to look at that number that says 6,924 for 2021. 6,924 from 1,040 something. Constitutional carry did not go into effect until September the 1st of 2021. September, September, October, November, these four months left in a year is when it went into effect. You see how much it jumped? 6,924. You know, people, yeah, people don't pay attention. You know, you got to pay attention to what's going on. You really do. Because if you don't, I'm telling you now, that's why I'm encouraging people to get their license. Come to class, learn the laws in class. And learn what you can, you cannot do, where you can, where you cannot take a firearm. Um, and I'm telling you now, you won't be looking like these 6,924 people. And that number, I'm scared of what that's going to look like for 2022. You know, in 2021, uh -huh. we had five convictions of bestiality in Texas. Mm, yeah. Zero of which were convictions of LTC holders. Oh, yeah. So. Oh, yeah. Why would you do that? LTC holders do not. <laughs> Do that? No, yeah, no. Just like unlawful carrying a weapon, only twenty-two LTC holders were convicted of that for that year, twenty twenty-one. There are fourteen assaults of pregnant person, but zero LTC holders committed those. Yeah, and the percentage of uh, licensed holders that have been convicted in the state of Texas for all crimes, all crimes, is not even a per not even a quarter of a percent. Not even a quarter of a percent. Are license holders responsible for convictions in the state of Texas? 
not even a quarter of, per, of a percent. License holders are the most law-abiding citizens. You know why? Because they come to class and they're learning what the laws are. You would be a fool to carry a gun in this state and not take a class and learn what the laws are. A fool would only do that. I encourage you, come to class. I'm telling you now, if I don't get you on the front end, I'm going to get you on the back end. Because you're going to have to, it's going to be, I, I always say court-ordered, but what it's going to be is you're going to have to, you're going to, your attorney's going to negotiate a lesser charge or lesser offense. In order to do that, you're going to have to take a firearm safety course in order to do that, you know, to reduce the charge or to get deferred education. We call pretrial diversion. You'll have to come and take a firearm safety course. So either you can take the LTC class before, learn the laws, or you can get in trouble and, you know, pay 20 grand in attorney fees and come to me and take a class. Pick your poison. Either way, I'll get you on the front end or I'll get you on the back end. <laughs> oh, man, let me tell you. That's crazy. Oh, Florida has drawn a line in the sand about credit card companies and gun codes. Good. Man, I love Florida. I'm a Florida man. And uh, Yoder says, you also gain a little respect from most LEOs when you hand them your LTC. That's correct. I, I you know, I took a vac. I went on vacation um, earlier this month and I went down to Florida and it's nice. You know, I wasn't pulled over, but it's, it's nice that if I was pulled over by police, you know, I would give them my Florida concealed handgun license. It, when I'm in the state of Florida, I give them a Florida concealed handgun license, a Texas driver license. It really throws them for a loop. Oh, what do you want, officer? You want my Florida concealed handgun license? You want my Texas license? You want my New Hampshire license? What would you like? And here's my Texas driver's license. What would you like? <laughs> I love doing that. It just throws them for a loop. They're so flustered. You know, they, just, they forget what they even stop you for initially. I, I love doing that. So, you know, it's, it's great. That's a great feeling. Man, I'm, t I'm telling you, get educated. Learn those laws when you're traveling in different states. Get yourself covered. You know, oh my goodness. I, the phone calls I get from people from time to time, you know, drives me nuts. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. This is Coley on the War, and you're listening to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All right, so this week, Ted Cruz came into the lion's den and he <laughs> sat down with an interview with Texas Tribune with the, the 2022 Texas Tribune Festival. And speaking at the Texas Tribune Festival, Cruz said armed security is a better way to keep schools safe. Take a listen to this video, this interview with Ted Cruz at the Texas Tribune Festival. Whenever you have a mass murder, the political debate, you have Democrats in Washington who there's the step they immediately go to is we need to take away firearms from law-abiding citizens. Okay, you can clap for that except for the minor problem that it doesn't work. If the objective is to stop these crimes, gun control is singularly ineffective. If you look across the country, the jurisdictions with the strictest gun control laws almost without exception have among the highest murder rates and among the highest crime rates. That when you disarm law-abiding citizens, the law-abiding citizens, by definition, abide the law and give up their weapons. The, the, the criminals don't. So 
All right, let's talk about that. We had in place... Okay. We had in place for 10 years a, a so-called ban on, on so-called assault weapons. And the Department of Justice studied it because it expired and found that it had zero statistically significant impact on stopping violent crime. If you want to stop crime, let me tell you what actually works. And I've spent 10 years fighting for this. You target the bad guys. You target the criminals, the felons, the fugitives. You prosecute them. You put them in jail. You get them off the street. Uh, and you also enhance security at vulnerable targets. So I've introduced legislation repeatedly, and I'll tell you, two weeks ago, I stood on the Senate floor and tried to pass legislation I've introduced uh, that would double the number of police officers in schools, that would fund $15 billion. Okay, look, if you want to have a reasonable conversation, we can. I mean, if you want to yell at each other, we can. But if you actually look at the legislation I introduced would have spent 15 billion, it would have spent $10 billion to fund 15,000 new mental health counselors in schools. Because if you look at the troubled young men who commit these horrific crimes, more mental health counselors there could help hopefully stop them and identify them before they, they, they commit these horrific acts. I stood up on the Senate floor to pass this legislation. The Democrats objected. Chris Murphy stood up, the leading Democrat for gun control, and objected and said, no, we shouldn't have, we shouldn't enhance school security. The Democrats' interest, if they're not taking away firearms from you, from law-abiding citizens, they have zero interest. And by the way, you ought to watch that debate. I would encourage you, like, go see. You can go watch it on, on, on go Google it and watch it. I stood up and laid out, if we want to keep our kids safe, and I desperately want to keep our kids safe, the most effective step we can do is have police officers there to protect them who can intercept a mass murderer before he gets into the school and stop them. It, why didn't it, okay, you're right. It didn't happen. And why didn't it happen? Because when that lunatic got to the school in Uvalde, there wasn't a police officer on campus. He was able to get in an open back door. He got into the classroom and was murdering kids before the police got there. And if you want to stop him, look, if you have a solution to stop the deranged, evil murderer, I'd love to hear it. My solution is throw him in jail and stop the, stop the repeat, the felons, the fugitives, those with mental illness, stop them before they commit these crimes. There are some we won't know about beforehand. And the single best step to stop them is have armed officers on campus that can stop them before they kill our kids. But look, instead, you guys can, can, can instead sing Kumbaya with them and hope they'll just stop. But what you're proposing doesn't work. <laughs> Good job, Senator Ted Cruz, defending uh, the Second Amendment. Also, this week, we saw another major post-Bruin ruling in federal court. It found the ban on those facing felony indictments violates the Second Amendment. But it went even further than that. I take a look at how it calls the prohibition on convicted felons owning guns into question. And then provides a potential answer for why it may survive the Bruin test. Texas produced two significant polls this week, and this is going to be a this is a 
uh, report that's written in the the online blog, The Reload. Uh, one showed Governor Greg Abbott uh, increasing his lead over Beto O'Rourke as the latter continues, as Beto continues to focus on gun control. The other showed Texans aren't interested in the AR-15 ban O'Rourke has pushed. So uh, more Republicans pressure the major credit card companies to reverse their decision to implement a merchant category code for gun stores that at the behest of gun control advocates as well. Plus, NSSF Larry King um, also talks about, you know, the new credit card controversy as well. Now, Judge David Counts of the District of Western Texas ruled Monday that a provision in the Federal Firearms Act barred those under felony indictment from obtaining a firearm is not in line with the nation's historical tradition of firearm regulation. So, you know, you definitely got to pay attention to this one. So a federal judge has struck down a gun ban for felony indictments. A federal judge has struck down a gun ban for felony indictments. That happened this week. So Judge David Counts, the District of Western Texas, ruled that, hey, that a provision in Federal Firearms Act barring those under felony indictment from attaining a firearm is not in line with the nation's historical tradition of firearm regulation. He also dismissed an indictment against uh, Jose Gomez-Cores, a Texas man charged under the ban. Although not exhaustive, the court's historical survey finds little evidence that 922, which prohibits those under felony indictment from attaining a firearm, aligns with the nation's historical tradition. Judge Counts, an Obama appointee who was reappointed and confirmed on the Trump, uh, wrote, you know, in this opinion here. And he says that this court faces a predicament similar to Plato's allegory of the of the cave. There are the known knowns and the defendant was convicted of buying a gun while under indictment. After the Supreme Court recent ruling in the New York State Rifle and Pistol Association uh, versus Bruin, that defendants asked the court to reconsider the constitutionality of his statute of conviction. The known knowns, whether a statute preventing a person under indictment from receiving a firearm, aligns with the nation's historical tradition of firearm regulation. And the unknown knowns, the constitutionality of firearms regulations in a post-Bruin world. There are no illusions about this case's real-world consequences. Certainly, valid public policy and safety concerns exist. Yet Bruin framed those concerns solely as a historical analysis. This, uh, the court does follow that framework. And on June 9th of 2020, Jose Gomez-Cores was indicted in Texas state court for burglary, a second-degree felony. Defendant subsequently failed to appear for a hearing on burglary charge and was indicted almost a year later for jumping bail, failing to appear, a third-degree felony. In late 2021, while both charges were pending, defending attempted to buy an M1911 semi-automatic 22 caliber firearm from a local firearms dealer. To obtain the weapon, defendant denied uh, he was under indictment for a felony when filing, filling out the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms Explosive Firearms Transaction Record, the 4473. Now, because the National Instant Criminal Background Check System, NICS, returned a delayed response, defendant waited seven days and then picked up the firearm. On December 30th, and mind you, uh, initially this was done you know, on June 9th of 2020. Hold on, let me just go back. Oh, man, I missed that date. 
So he picked up the gun on December 30, 2021, but less than a week later, the Knicks informed ATF of the defendant's illegal firearms purchase. So they didn't get a, a response at all, and the gun store went ahead and transferred that transaction to the individual. And so, boom, and then after they transferred it, then they got a denial. The defendant was federally charged on March 2022 with two counts. Count one, making a false statement during the purchase of a firearm. And then count two, the illegal receipt of a firearm by a person under indictment under 18 U.S.C. A jury convicted him of both counts. One week after his conviction, defendant moved to set aside the verdict pursuant to Rule 29 of the Federal Rules of Criminal Procedure. And for this, uh, you know, the court to, you know, to reconsider, reconsider this, his previous motion to dismiss because of the United States Supreme Court's ruling in the Bruin case. Now, defendant's motion hinges on the constitutionality of the 922 because if the provisions in unconstitution are unconstitutional, then defendant's false statement during the purchase of the firearm is immaterial. On the Federal Rule of Criminal Procedure 29, a defendant may move for a judgment of acquittal or renew such a motion within 14 days after a guilty verdict or after the court discharges the jury, whichever is later. If, as in this case, the jury return a guilty verdict, the court may set aside the verdict and enter an acquittal. And the standard for reviewing the sufficiency of the evidence focuses on whether, after reviewing the evidence in the light most favorable to the prosecution, any rational, you know, Trial of fact uh, could have found that essential elements of the crime beyond a reasonable doubt. Now, a motion for reconsideration calls into question the correctness of a judgment. Indeed, according to the United States Court of Appeals for the Fifth Circuit, a motion for reconsideration is not the proper vehicle for rehashing evidence and legal theories. We come back from the break. We'll talk about this and more. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All right. So we're talking about this case um, in Texas um, uh, when this guy was under indictment for a felony. And then he walked into a gun store to purchase a firearm. He was delayed. And then the transaction, you know, he actually picked up the gun because they didn't ever get a response from the, the Knicks. And then after he picked up the gun, he was that transaction was then turned into a denial. So uh, he. That does not mean just because this judge had ruled this, that does not mean you can go out and you can do this, you know, and, and risk the chances of doing this. OK, uh, you need to wait until this case makes it up to basically it's got to make it up the chain here, um, make it up to the Fifth Circuit, possibly to Supreme Court. And then, you know, it will make a difference. Then you will know what you can and can't do. So we need to wait. It's too soon. This is only one court. So don't run out and go do something. You know, thinking that you can do something because one judge said something. All right. So the government's attorneys contended that the prosecutors were permitted to in, impose a range of restrictions on in, indicted defendants, including detention and pretrial release conditions. Uh, but counts said that the Supreme Court's ruling had changed the legal landscape on firearm restrictions. He found that prohibiting uh, this man, this young man from receiving a gun while under indictment amounted to a form of prior restraint that violated the Second Amendment. All right, so you know, the U.S. District Judge Mark T. Pittman found last month that the Constitution did not put an age restriction on the right to bear arms, meaning adults 18 to 20 should not be prevented from carrying handguns outside the home. 
So we're going to see how all these gun cases make their way up to the Supreme Court. Because just because, you know, District Judge Pittman says if you're 18, 19 and 20 years old, you should be able to buy a gun from a, you know, in the state of in the state of Texas. Doesn't mean you're going to be able to buy that gun until it makes its way up to the Supreme Court. And then that's how, you know, the law is going to be changed. So we'll find out from then. All right. Let's see. What else we got to talk about? Ah, we have. What else is on the schedule here? Milwaukee's saying uh, that the P320s that they have issued to their police are just going off. Oh, yeah? Uh-huh. Where is that at? Oh, man, we got a lot the of stories Sig to cover. The Sig P320. Ooh. Well, you, you jumped way down too fast, too quick. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Sig P220. All right. Let's, let's talk about 320. it. 320. All right. So what's up with that? Is it going off by itself? That's what they're saying. But there was also just a... Uh, court case where the judge sided with sig about another guy that had said same thing the gun was just going off yeah yeah and one did they recreate it could they recreate this gun going off by itself that's my question i guess not yes typically guns don't go off by themselves unless you pull the trigger that hammer's not going to fall unless you pull the trigger Mm -hmm. and people don't realize and we see it all the time at the range how people put their finger on the trigger and don't even realize they're doing it Mm -hmm. it happens all the time so that's why we go through that process of what with your index finger, touch the side of the gun, grip the handle, you know, because, you know, you have to condition people and train them and force safety down their throats. You have to force them to do the right thing. You got to shove it down their throat. <laughs> you, you really do. You know, put your index finger on the side of the gun, then grip the handle. That way they don't put their finger on the trigger. Mm-hmm. And then once I, you know, once I say that over and over, over again, when we get down to the end, the last 10 rounds, everyone's doing it, you know, and it's unconscious. They don't even realize they're doing it right. Got to teach them from the start. That's right. That's right. So people don't realize they're putting the finger on the trigger, and you know, don't. It's it's natural for some reason. Yeah, I'll tell people multiple times to take their finger off the trigger to not put it on there until I tell them, and then their finger will be on the trigger when I don't tell them. <laughs> like, take your finger out of there. Wait till I say fire. Yeah, keep your finger out of there. Uh-huh. That's what I have to tell them all the time. Yeah. Constantly. All right, let's, let's talk about these migrants going to Martha's Vineyard. Ooh. Man, they're uh, suing. Uh, they're suing DeSantis now. That's wild to me because okay, you you come to the United States because you're you know you're being persecuted or something's going on in your country where you're coming from, um, and then so man, I would love for someone to, to send me to Martha's Vineyard. Yeah, <laughs> you know Martha's what I'm saying. Vineyard wouldn't like that though. I know they don't. It's a nice place. Yeah, yeah. Like oh my god, Martha's Vineyard. God, you you know, it definitely is going to be better off better than San Antonio. <laughs> Are you kidding me right now? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, man. Really? San Antonio? I'll take Martha's Vineyard over San Antonio any day of the week. So for them, oh, you're just mistreating us because you sent us to Martha's Vineyard. They weren't complaining. It's the Martha's Vineyard folks. That no, the, the no, migrants they, they filed, filed a class lawsuit. action lawsuit against Didn't they the all sign consent forms? Well, the problem Did is, they? the problem is, so. is the governor of Florida... You know, reach. You know, decide to move these people in Texas to Martha's Vineyard. That's the problem. Why is that a problem? What's why in the world is that? Governor Florida getting involved in Texas? Because he's a. They don't have enough. They don't have enough homeless or you know migrants themselves. Because he's a bad dude. <laughs> he does what he wants. He's like Corn Pop. And, corn and, Pop was a bad dude. And do they have a constitutional right as migrants? No. What? 
The Constitution covers citizens. What kind of a question is that? Well, th- well, uh, do they have a right to sue? No, it's that's it's a it's a total it's a you scam. Well, they ha- they've sued. So you you think it'll be dismissed or dropped? Oh no, the whole system's corrupt. I'm just saying it's obviously a what do you, you call you're that? saying there shouldn't they shouldn't be able to sue? No, not at all. Okay. That, that shouldn't even be a question. If you if you're here illegally, you don't what? Doesn't make sense. Yeah. Uh, well, they were happy to see them leave. That'd be like if I just showed up in Mexico and was like, "I'm suing the Mexican government because I got get Giardia from drinking bad water." Yeah. What? That's my own fault. Yeah. You know, you show up somewhere, whatever. Uh, it doesn't look. Yeah, <laughs> looks looks like they were uh, pretty happy when they left. They were, you know, and the people were that that live in Martha Vinger were pretty happy to see. I have a left. feeling that the people who are actually doing this lawsuit are using the migrants as a, the face. Oh, of course. To yeah. So, course. but that's why, like, that's probably how they're going to get get away with doing this. Is that it's the real person that's suing is probably someone that's not the actual. You're migrants. a lime dog face pony soldier. Whoa! I know he just can't control himself. He just has Tourette syndrome or something. Lion dog face pony soldier. <laughs> what does that even mean? What's yeah. a pony soldier? I don't know. He just makes What's up stuff. What's a dog face pony dog soldier? Face is, uh, well, dog face is, well, dog face is usually just referring to someone that's ugly, right? You treat him oh. like that uncle that you... Ugly. You treat him like that uncle you want him to sit in the corner somewhere you don't want anyone to see when he, yeah, when he yeah, come yeah. to dinner. Your, your uncle that was in Vietnam who did too much acid and heroin. Keep and him he, away from the little kids. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Don't did you hear about the he, uh, Joe Biden? Well, I was, love kids jumping on my lap. Oh, <laughs> right on right on point, Casey. Uh, did you hear that Joe Biden was at this woman's conference or something? And he said, um, he said, yeah, 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 I knew her. I was when 30 she was and she 12. was 12. Oh, jeez. What? Oh, my God. What is going on? You know, and, oh. and, then, and we're worried about Ron DeSantis flying migrants to a Martha's Vineyard. I mean, give me a break, dude. The, we should be more worried about the fact that the president is senile and a pedophile and possibly a robot. He could, he could be dead for years at this point. Let's be mm. honest. He could be, you know, he got COVID and he came back and his eyes were all. We don't want a senior bash, you know. There's, you know, there's seniors out there that are very productive to society. Yeah, Michael's getting older. You That's know. right. We you got you kidding me? We go back a long way. She was twelve. I was thirty. But anyway. Oh my. That's weird, Lord, man. Lord, that is. That's true. really. That's really, really weird. That's nasty. Well, what what is he what is he referring to? That's just like the weirdest way to possibly say that. I'm even not if, supposed to be answering all these questions. Even if he didn't say anything, he even if he didn't do anything, that's still just a creepy way of handling your business. You know, like people complained about Trump. Well, where's those people com- that complain about Trump saying crazy stuff? He just but, but but now they're not saying anything about Biden. I mean, give me a break, dude. Mm. The hypocrisy of the of the liberals is just out of control. The hypocrisy. There's hip, there's hypocritical Republicans as well. I'm not gonna not gonna say it's one sided, right. but. It's just on the left, it's way worse, I think. Mm. All right. What about this torture driver? The one that shot and killed a car owner during a repossession attempt. He was repossessing a car and he shot them? Yeah. So this torture driver, this is. <laughs> what? Yeah. This is. And by the way, it was in Fort Lauderdale. Whoop, whoop. Shout out to Fort Lauderdale. Florida. That's right, baby. Again. The Florida man. But it's weird. It's going to be a Florida man, I'm telling you. So this guy goes to repossess a vehicle, and he hooked up the vehicle, and then pulls off. And for some reason, he comes back. He drives the vehicle. He tows the vehicle back to the house, and then gets into a confrontation with the vehicle owner. Ends up shooting, killing the owner. Um, I don't think you can really judge. I don't know, man. I, don't, I guess I don't know all the details, but my knee jerk, my gut instinct, knee jerk reaction is that. Somebody repossessing a car doesn't really have the right to shoot the owner. I mean, come on. That's 
Repossession itself is kind of a... Repossession is nine-tenths of the law. <laughs> what? What? What does that mean? I don't well, know. Normally, it's possession is nine-tenths of the law. Well, you know, and, and, and you know, the, yeah, this, the people that are coming out of their homes, they're like, hey, you know, I peeked out my window. He, The tow driver left, and well, all of a sudden he came back, and then he ended up shooting the guy. Why did he come back? He already had the vehicle. Wait, what? Yeah. Oh, yeah, this guy yeah. Did definitely Robert Sewell up. says he's puzzled because he saw the tow truck driver hook up the repossessed car and head it south, but for some reason the tow truck driver came back, and that's when the confrontation happened. If you took the vehicle, why would you come back, according to an eyewitness? Why that would sounds... he come back? To- yeah, yeah. Does, does it say there's – does it give a reason for why he came back? No, we don't know yet. So Fort Lauderdale police are asking anyone who saw the incident and knows anything about it to come forward. Well, what I was saying about the, the repo thing is that, like, if what if somebody had paid off 80% of this car and they were three or four months behind and then this dude just shot them over a car that they uh... – had paid the majority of they it off told already. You, they called you. They said, "Look, you know, people go through hard times. Look, though. you two, you not everybody, not everybody owns a gun shop, Michael. You three months, you're four months behind. We're coming to get it. They tell you, you know. I mean, I stay on top of my bills. I'm just saying, there's some people who've been been down on their luck before. You know, we don't look at Joe Biden's destroyed the economy. Give him a break. Come on. Yeah, yeah. I hear you. I hear you. We'll see. We come back from come the break. <laughs> He got some more from Joe Biden. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talking. Yo, what's going on, guys? It's Jack Jones here, and I get my gun news from Michael Cargill on Come and Talk It. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now, here's Michael Cargill. Boy, let me tell you. So, Austin, Texas, baby. That's right. Austin, Texas, baby. (laughs) That's right. Okay, so in Austin, Texas, you know, the homeless are just running rampant, going crazy. Yeah. All right, so. They have been for a while. Thank you, Steve Adler. Yeah, so Austin Fire Department. Hi, Austin Mayor Steve Adler. (laughs) (laughs) Hi. <sighs> that guy said, "How are you? How are you doing?" <laughs> he talks so low and so quiet and monotone. Tries to put the reporters to sleep. That guy's a weirdo, man. <laughs> so the Austin Fire Department says he believes it has found the man responsible for intentionally setting fires in South Austin. So AFD says, "42-year-old John Adam Henry." Whoa, John Henry, John Henry, folks. Is this is this the guy that burned down Crowbar? Why has he got to be named John Henry? Got like the three most common names you can have. John, American folk hero, John Henry. <laughs> Why well, it's got to be John Henry? <laughs> John Adam Henry Smith. John Adam Henry David Smith had to be called John Henry. That's he just... looks like a crazy person, straight up. Let me he, see. He really does. He looks. Yeah, he does. He looks like a well-adjusted young man. T.A. does. Don't profile him, Zachary. Yeah, Ooh, yeah. he looks like he's on multiple illegal substances. Okay. <laughs> Mostly. <laughs> so the investigation into the fires began in, on the evening of September 17th and in the afternoon of September the 18th. Fires were set at the Crow Bar on South Congress and a vacant auto repair shop on South First. They, are, they were also about 15 grass dumpster and trash fires in the area. And just so you know... 
under Texas law, you can use force or deadly force to stop arson. If yeah. someone's if someone's committing, you know, mm-hmm. attempting to commit arson, you can use force deadly force to stop that. Just so you know. Doesn't matter if it's daytime or nighttime. So just so you know, just putting that little tidbit out there uh, because we're not getting any assistance from our local law enforcement, you know, um, when it comes to, you know, trying to get these because you know, there's not enough police. Austin is one of the five safest big cities in the country. Don't have enough police. They don't have the funding. City council's not doing what they're supposed to do, but they've allowed this this atmosphere to sit and fester and grow. Right. <laughs> and so now we, you know, we're coming into November. Uh, October and November into our elections here. And I'm wondering if we're going to reelect the same people that put us in this predicament in the first place. I'm just curious. <laughs> you know, are we going to reelect the same city council members, uh, the same type of mayor? Because Mayor Atlas is not going to run for reelection. Same he's, DA. He's term limited. Uh, is he, is the DA running up? Is he running for election again? Okay. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Yeah. So, 2024. Okay. So, you know, we're going to. You know, reelect the same city council member, you know, into office again who put us in this predicament in the first place. And that's going to be a problem. Pay attention. I'm telling you, you got to get rid of these people. If you're not, you're going to be stuck with them for four more years of what you're dealing with. No funding for law enforcement. You know, no, you know, your 911 calls not being answered because there's not enough uh, 911 operators that are, you know, able to take the calls. So that's what you want for four more years as the city grows and, you know, and almost doubles. Then, hey, vote the same people into office. I'm going to invite some people that are running for office onto the show for the uh, this next few shows, you know, coming up into early voting. We're going to invite some uh, candidates that are running for city council, uh, some candidates that are running for mayor so they can plead their case. You can, you know, introduce yourself to them and figure out who you want to vote for. Because you got to educate yourself and know who's running for office. Because we got to do something about this atmosphere, uh, what we're experiencing in this city. Can't you know? We can't deal with you know crowbar. That bar has been there for decades. Yeah, that's a bad. That's that's a, that's a sad one. Yeah, yeah, decades. They could have burned down a bar that I didn't like. You know, <laughs> red rose, yellow rose. Whoa, <laughs> relax, Michael. <laughs> don't ever, don't um, you ever. You know what? I don't even think I can. I, I think I should avoid that place for a while. I had a little situation the other day. Uh oh. Uh oh. Uh oh. All right. Casey didn't say watch it, so I'm going to continue. <laughs> <laughs> no, I had a, I had a couple of, couple of girls, uh, all find out about each other. You don't know. Oh, oh no. I got a couple fingers pointed at me, a couple of names called at me, and I said, look, ladies. I'm out of here. <laughs> Walk I, right out the door. I Ooh, am. Yeah. I'm going I, to P10 now, baby. Come on. I am what I am. I am <laughs> what I am. <laughs> I you know what? Whatever. But all those ladies, they had a good time with me anyways. Like, I, I love them all. I love them all. Except I, one of them. Can't help myself. <laughs> Let's just listen to this song and this the show. <laughs> He's a bad boy. Yes, he is. Hey, look, man. Look, here's my public apology. I love all of you. Go ahead. Apologize. Uh, I'm sorry that I, you know... Sometimes I can be a little reckless, but I love you all. And that's that. You're a stupid son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my on, Give goodness. me a break. But yeah, man, P10, that's where it's at now. Perfect 10. Okay. All right. North, not Highlands. All right. All right. 60 Minutes. I want to talk about the 60 Minutes of Trump and Biden. You see that, that video? 
Casey's on the Casey's on the soundboard he over there is today. On it, let He's, me tell he, you. He must have drank two cups of coffee today. Like, wow, dude. So someone smashed. They they mashed up Biden and Trump's sixty minutes interview. So they have a conversation with each other. Man, take a listen. I don't know if we're able to do this. Yeah, let's take a listen to this. We created the greatest economy in the history of our country. Well, first of all, let's put this in perspective. The unemployment numbers for African-Americans, for Asian-Americans, for Hispanic-Americans, virtually every number was the best. Inflation rate month to month was just a, 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 just an inch. Hardly we had the best stock market price ever. I got that. But guess what we are? We're in a position where for the last several months it hasn't spiked. You know what? She deleted 33,000 emails. How that could possibly happen. How one, anyone could be that irresponsible. And I thought, what data was in there that may compromise sources and methods? By that I mean names of people who helped, or et cetera. And it's just uh, totally irresponsible. I, yeah, I think it's disgraceful what she's done. And, I, I mean, do. honest to God, that's all I think. The biggest scandal was when they spied on my campaign. <laughs> I, say it's, I think it's, I, I haven't, look. They spied on my campaign, they got caught. Don't. And then they went much further than that, and they got caught. Yes. It was our Justice Department. Yes. It was Obama and Biden. <laughs> uh, excuse me. It's I... wrong. It's wrong. It's wrong. <laughs> so wrong. I think what happened was disgraceful. It should never have happened. <laughs> think about that. It should never have happened. Think of how that has changed everything. What kind of ice cream? What flavor ice cream do you have? Do you think I would tell you if I knew exactly what it would be? Of course I'm not going to tell you. You just come in here with that negative attitude. And it's much too cream. early to make that kind of decision. And when I finish, this country will be in a position like it hasn't been maybe ever? I'm more optimistic than I've been in a long time. <laughs> Gary, what you got to say? I just got, I, I just got some... Messages that distracted me during that, but look, here's the deal. Hold on, let me yell at someone. Now, I got some guy digging in our trash behind the building. Look here, <laughs> we're watching you dig in the trash behind our building. Please refrain from trying to set the trash can on fire or digging through the trash. Uh, we're sending someone out there to confront you, so stop doing it. Okay, there we go. Nah, we're not gonna do that. Wait, play that sound one more time so I can play it on the, on the microphone. There we go. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I suggest you move along. If not, we're coming outside. There we go. So, sorry. Just got an alert on the phone there. Someone's, like, trying to do something to the dumpster behind the building. Man. It's a constant battle. Look, man, if it's, there's any, if there's, if there's only one thing on earth. It's a constant battle. That's crazier and yeah. more of a constant battle than the homeless population. It's me. <laughs> Women scorned. You know what I mean? Come on, man. I'm over here. I, I, they, they can't. Give me enough of their see, mind. See, now you're in trouble. Gonna get you for that. Mm -hmm. see, get, you're supposed to back me up, man. What's going on here? No, no, no. <laughs> what is going on, man? He is almost uh, broke the F F uh, FAA regulations there. <laughs> Federal Airline Agency. Oh my! What is goodness. it called, Casey? FDA. FCC. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Look, man, I had like six or seven drinks before I came in today. I'm sorry. Oh. Give me a break, all right? Oh, my goodness. I had a long week, man. We're working on a documentary for the Austin comedy scene. How's that going? You know, a lot of comics really, really support gun rights. Really? Some of them privately and some of them more publicly, but um, we should bring some comics on the show soon. Wow. We you need, know what I mean? Yeah. We should, you know what? We should do like a something in the gun store. 
Yeah, well, we did. <laughs> a guns and giggles during the day. Well, we've you've been doing that. But earlier, like on Sunday, on the radio show. Like in the gun store. You mean like like produce the radio show in the gun store from the gun store from the gun store for for and a ha- comedy show? Why would no. you do that? And have some comedians come on and and talk about guns. Yeah, I, no? why don't why wouldn't we just bring them in here? Okay, well the gun store is better because you got guns in the background. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, let's bring some guns in here. Yeah, we can. Let's have Matthew stand behind you holding multiple gun, guns, just holding a gun to your head. Make me laugh, boy. <sighs> Matthew. Leave Anyways. Me. Leave him alone. Hey, we forgot to talk about Chicago police order to let a suspect vehicle get away after oh. caught on camera gunpoint robbery. Okay. Did you read this story? No, go ahead. It's insane. Seconds. No, I'm I you just read it in front of you. I'll, no, go ahead. Well, I don't know all the details. So Indiana man who was robbed at gunpoint while visiting family in Chicago used his military background to fight back and thwart any further attack, but police were unable to catch the fleeing suspect after officers were told to discontinue their pursuit, according to reports and interviews. Uh, that were given to the media. Man, so that's that's crazy. Yeah, that's, you know, you, you honestly, you got to you got to be your own. You you got to fight back. We as a community have got to stand up and start fighting back. Next week, um, I'm going to bring a story to you because there's a uh, there's an individual here in Austin, Texas, that has multiple IDs, multiple driver's licenses, and and he's going around doing businesses and not paying for the services of the businesses that he's doing business with. Using multiple IDs, multiple names, same picture, different names, different addresses, different driver license numbers, and different uh, audit numbers. And the we haven't been able to get the police department to report. We come, you know, so next week we'll talk about that. Hey, be good, be safe. More guns equals less crime. Go out and buy yourself a gun. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. 
Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.